Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Mercer Island, Washington. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Her Money. Welcome to episode three of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we explore how women can create a meaningful and abundant life on her terms. A wealthy life is not just about how much money we have in the bank. True wealth is found through pursuing a balance between all things important to us. The mission of my show is to engage in casual yet deep conversations with experts who are living a wealthy life on her terms. We'll explore what it means to live a wealthy life and learn specific ways that my guests are doing just that. And as a certified financial planning professional, I'll be sharing tips and ideas to help you make sure your money's in shape so you can pursue your own version of a wealthy life. My guests today, Kimberly French and I, are going to talk about how women can be more successful at getting promoted and have a fulfilling, balanced, and wealthy life. But before I introduce Kim, according to a Woman in the Workplace 2017 study by McKenzie and Company and LeanIn.org, in retail, where 60% of entry-level positions are held by women, the rapid drop-off of women advancing to the top ranks is really striking. Only 45% of vice presidents, 33% of senior vice presidents, and 31% of C-suite roles are held by women, according to this report. The number of women in senior roles in consumer goods is similarly skewed. Women hold 59% of entry-level jobs, but comprise just 38% of the industry's vice presidents, 27% of senior vice presidents, and 23% of C-suite executives. So what's behind the stubborn achievement gap? Great differences in men's and women's workplace experiences. Women have fewer interactions and receive less career advice from managers and senior leaders, according to the Women in the Workplace 2017 study. The researchers found men and women are asking for raises and promotions at comparable rates, but women are four times as likely to say their gender had a role in them missing out on a promotion, raise, or opportunity to get ahead. Exacerbating the achievement gap, many women are not comfortable, confident, or trained to advocate for themselves. Dr. Victoria Houston Medvick, 
Executive Director of Northwestern University's Center for Executive Women, explained why women who are strong negotiators for their companies do not negotiate better for themselves. Many women think they will be given things when they, quote, deserve them, unquote. Many women don't establish aggressive career goals. And many women don't want to damage a relationship at work. As a financial planner, it's my job to advocate and support women who are pursuing higher levels of influence, responsibility, and income in their careers. Everything women want to create in their lives has a financial component, and income is generally where everything begins. In order to be in an upward trajectory with income, women can benefit from developing a specific toolbox for success in this area. So my guest today is ready to share how women can gain more influence, how they can get the support they need at work, and how they can be more successful at getting promoted. She believes that the world needs women's leadership and influence now more than ever, and I couldn't agree more. You can have your cake and eat it too. So Kim French has over 15 years of experience leading global teams and mentoring individuals to become their most empowered and confident selves. Kim's ability to intuitively lead and mentor others in a complex business environment was recognized really early in her career. As a result, she received regular promotions, including becoming a vice president of technologies by the age of 30 for a Fortune 500 company. She now teaches others how to get promoted and become rock star leaders for those who want to make a true difference in their companies and in the world. Welcome to the show, Kim French. I'm so happy you're, that you're here today. Thanks, Teresa. I'm happy to be here too. So Kim and I are longtime friends. What we share is we study together uh, the Jack Canfield success principles. We both learned how to be facilitators of experiential exercises to help people become more successful. We're also a member of a very long-term mastermind group, and we're also business owners. <laughs> so Kim, how are you doing in this era of the coronavirus? Oh, you know, I've had my moments. I'm sheltering in place, a good uh, citizen that way. But I'm, you know, working on staying calm and uh, really taking this time to reflect on, you know, what I want next in my life. Because it's a nice time to just like reflect and stay calm so that I can move forward after this is all done. The whole idea of staying calm is something that I have to work on. Because I'm a driver, I'm a person who wants to get things done, and I have to remind myself that it's okay to slow down a little bit, take care of myself a little bit more, uh, do some things that feed my soul and my energy level. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I'm, am a high-strung person as well. You you and I are both drivers in that way. Yes. And I have struggled with anxiety over the most of my life, and so this has really been challenging for me in particular. So. Um, fortunately, all the years led up to this, I've developed an awesome toolbox that I can get my center back so that it doesn't overtake me. So I'm happy about that. Well, I, well, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the toolbox, but so you coach women who might be either struggling in their jobs or their careers. Maybe they're living with stress or frustration 
or maybe even feeling like she's in a job that doesn't really fit for her. So tell us all more about you know, how you started your business, why you started, who you really feel like you can serve well, and a little bit about your philosophy uh, when it comes to thriving in a corporate career. Sure. You know, when I was in my professional career, the thing that I loved the most was mentoring other people to advance in their careers or figure out how to balance, you know, all the demands in their life. And so it, it just dawned on me one day, I really want to like serve in that higher capacity and help more people outside of my team at work. And so I, I left. And I've been pursuing uh, how to impact more people and bring them the toolboxes that they need to help in their own life. You know, right now I'm working with professional women and I show them how to gain influence to advance in their career and, and master their time to do more of the things that they love. Because I think that's what a lot of us professional women and men, I'm not just saying it's just women, but we, we, we crave to have, you know, a balance between the stuff we love and the responsibilities that we have. And then I, I help them optimize their energy so they can enjoy it all. Because, you know, if you don't enjoy your life, that's uh, something that is uh, very sad for me. I was there for a long time in my own career. And finding that sweet spot where you can, like, optimize all these things and pull the right levers is a huge passion for me. You know, I've had to learn how to be uh, balanced with everything uh, because, you know, I love my work and I've been lucky enough to be very successful in my own business, but I've also owned my business for coming up on 17 years. So working with women can be really helpful and really rewarding for us. And as we learned by the um, study that I quoted in the beginning, women really haven't had the level of support and mentorship that men have. And so I'm curious, along your career path, did you have to shift your own thinking, your own mindset around supporting women? I really did. You know, I grew up with a mom who is a very masculine force. And so I grew up with trying to like mask my emotions and not, you know, let too much my feminine side show because, you know, that was how I was raised. So I, I took a job in technologies right out of college and I stayed there for all of my career. Um, and so I really like, connected more with the male energy, but it's just within the last 10 years where I've really shifted my focus because I've recognized that the female aspect of leadership is so critical in our world that there's an imbalance that is male dominated, that the feminine, when it, it joins with that, can be so much more productive and actually help heal a lot of the stuff that's been broken. So I really feel passionate about working with women now. And I've learn to embrace not my not only myself and my femininity, but just nurture those female friendships that I've been developing along the way in a much deeper and broader sense. So yeah, I definitely have a passion for that female perspective on leadership and how it's going to help transform our current world. Well, again, we have something in common because, you know, my first job was for the bank that my dad worked for. And I know that for the early years of my career, I just assumed that only the upper level positions could be inhabited by men. And so it, it has taken time for ourselves individually, but also for the culture to make that transformation in that, you know what, we're really missing out on a lot of really talented, skillful individuals by just assuming that males are better in leadership positions. 
Absolutely. So I'm going to just take a break here. And when we come back, Kim and I will discuss how women can sometimes sabotage their own success, even as we all struggle to work long hours, to be noticed and acknowledged, to be appreciated and valued. So stay with us. We'll be right back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant and my guest, Kim French. According to the American Medical Association study on how women physicians are prepared for retirement, over half of women physicians believe they have unique or more complicated financial needs than their peers in other professions. Teresa Leftenant believes that every high-earning woman deserves a truly personalized, not cookie-cutter financial plan, so she will have the best chance of pursuing her vision for a happy, healthy, and wealthy life. Explore your financial potential by joining our mailing list at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant and my guest today, Kim French, a leadership and career coach. And we've been friends for many years. We were very excited to be able to talk about this topic around women pursuing higher levels of responsibility, impact, and income levels in their corporate careers. You know, Kim, women seem to naturally have a desire to support each other. I mean, my girlfriends, we are tight. And I'm a member of two mastermind groups and we get together and we're always trying to help each other solve problems, figure out new creative ways to achieve what we want in our lives. But it seems like that at work, there's more of a tendency to compete. Why do you think women compete at work and really kind of back away from that support of each other when they're at work? That's a really good observation and a good question. I have a couple of theories. And one of them is, you know, work and income is like the basic foundation of survival. So if you take like Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs, the basic survival is so tied with our income. So naturally competing for those limited resources, it's not surprising. I mean, we don't always connect it with that, but competing at that level so that, you know, we are able to, you know, provide an income for our family is definitely one of the things I think that is like biologically we're driven to do that. But there's the psychological component of, you know, the childhood needs that were unmet or overmet or, or something um, from childhood that we sometimes take with us. So they, you know, psychologists have told us that our subconscious is kind of set, our subconscious beliefs is set by the age of seven or eight. And so we bring all of those things that were formed that we're not even aware of into our adult life. And until we're conscious of them and see them, they'll kind of dictate our life. So it's kind of a spaghetti mix of like, you know, our psychological needs of, of not having some things met as childhood versus, you know, the survival instinct. And they all kind of go together to create this complicated mix. So, you know, and, and as an example of that psychological um, aspect, you know, if you see your your peer or your coworker getting all this attention from your boss and the superstar and you're a superstar too in your own room, but they're getting all this attention because they just had to deliver 
pang of jealousy. And even though you want to support your worker, he or she, it doesn't matter really, but it, it happens a little bit with females. Um, you, you want to support them, but you have that pang of jealousy and you just might unconsciously lash out and not support them or be angry for whatever reason. And kind of the piece we, we talked not supporting each other at work, all that mixes together. And until you're aware of it, it's hard to stop it. I, I think you've really landed on something that most women can relate to. And that's the feeling of jealousy that we experience at work. And then when we're jealous of someone else's success or, or the attention that another woman is getting, we do seem to pull back and um, see that person in a competing sort of way. And it's, you know, I've been in my career uh, for over 30 years, and I have to say, I wish there had been a little bit more progress made in this area, because um, we all know in our minds, logically, that in order to have women move forward and have more opportunity, we have to do it together, right? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think that once, you know, people can become aware of doing and, uh, you know, they don't have to go back to childhood and dig into it with a psychotherapist, but once you can say, oh my God, I'm feeling this jealousy and just be aware of your emotions, you know, what is this telling me and how can I like move past this and be of support? Um, I, I think that's going to be huge for a lot of women. Well, the number one thing that women can do for themselves uh, is become more self-aware uh, and to understand their emotions a little bit more. I know for myself, uh, my life and my uh, career really changed for the better when I was able to really understand why was I being so triggered by this experience or that experience? And as you say, we don't have to, you know, really go to therapy, but there are ways to learn to understand ourselves more as a human being and how we work. No, I totally agree. Um, there's a formula that one of my mentors mentioned to me many years ago. Um, it's E plus R equals O. And it's E stands for events. R equals for our response, and O is the outcome. You have an event, let's say the event is you see your colleague getting all this praise and accolade for a project that she just completed. And your response is the only thing you really have control over. You really don't have control over the event, but you have control over your own response. So if you respond with jealousy, it's totally different as if you were to look at that jealousy, okay, I see this jealousy, but I'm gonna respond with support and care and love for, you know, this, you know, fellow human being who I want to be excited for and lift her up so that the rest of us can be lifted up. Um, and the outcome of the jealousy versus the support are totally different outcomes. One is a negative outcome and one is a positive outcome. And when we can, you know, look at our life from that framework and that lens of my response makes all the difference in the world, that's when we can make a true impact for not just that situation, but our families, our homes, our communities, our churches, our all of our relationships will you know benefit from just that one simple little equation. Well, it's so powerful, and you know one of the ways that we can learn how to uh, choose our response, and that is to take a pause 
and to um, seek first to understand what's mm -hmm. really going on. Because as we were mentoring, you know, we use the word trigger. When we have a triggered emotion and we jump to a conclusion and we allow our uh, our flooded emotions, which really, you know, are so big for, for women, if we allow that to, to, to have our response, uh, then it, it, we may not get the outcome we, we want. And so um, let's just review just for a minute what's the process of being able to change that are. Yeah, I mean, you said it really well. It, you know, you take a, a moment and pause. When you have a response that's either anger, jealousy, malice, you know, anything that is an uncomfortable feeling that most of us try to avoid, you know, sadness, you know, the, the list kind of goes on, frustration, take a pause and say, hmm, this is interesting. What is this emotion telling me? Mm -hmm. And then you have that point of taking, I suppose when, you know, when we were younger, when we were angry and you're Dad said, or mom said, count to 10 before you do anything. <laughs> That's a similar kind of advice is, you know, take a pause, ref, you know, look at what your options are here and make a choice based on the outcome you really want. Right. And of course, an, a way we can practice this is to think of scenarios in our past where perhaps we didn't get the outcome we wanted. For instance, I can remember experiences of lashing out in anger at somebody because I thought that they didn't respect me or they were trying to say I was wrong. When in actuality, if I had taken that pause and thought about what the outcome I wanted was. So what is the outcome? Well, I want my coworker and I to get on the same page so that we can complete the whatever project we're on. And then I can think about what that R would be. And maybe it's something as simple as tell me more to the mm -hmm. person you're speaking to. It can be very simple responses that give you the outcome you want. But I'm really grateful that now I have this tool in my toolbox that I can ask myself, what is the outcome I want here? I certainly don't want conflict because conflict, you always end up having to apologize, right? <laughs> and get more conflict. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so that's, that's a, a really powerful tool that we can all learn to use with just a little bit of effort. Absolutely. You know, and I sometimes equate outcome with vision. So I'm a really huge proponent for creating a vision for the life that you want to create. You know, if you could press a magic button and everything could be exactly the way you wanted it to be, you know, what is that vision? I just, you know, recently did that for myself. I do that every once in a while to make sure my vision, you know, is on target. But, you know, if you can picture yourself and how you want to be, the outcome that you want is much more easy to align with. So I, I'm just a huge proponent of this little simple equation and having a, a vision for the life you want to create. Well, exactly. Knowing what you want is uh, kind of like the bottom line basics of um, having a wealthy life. And of course, a lot of women say to me, but I really don't know what I want. And that can just be because there's so many choices now. Sometimes we do have to narrow it down and mm -hmm. we also can choose, I'm going to work on this goal or vision that I, I have for myself. We can work on that now and work on another one later on. You know, we're talking about triggered feelings, uh, which can somehow 
you know, often be something that sabotages women at work. And, you know, jealousy or feeling like you're not being appreciated or acknowledged at work. There's one other one that I'd like to touch on. And that's when you feel like you're just not enough for the job that you have. And also when you project that your coworkers might not feel that you're quote enough, but tell me how you help your clients deal with that feeling. You know, not feeling enough. I think if people were really honest, they started digging deeper and digging deeper and digging deeper. They would, most people would get to that one because that's like a core one that I don't know why we as humans feel, but, um, it, it is something that I've struggled with in my life. And, you know, the, the evidence is, and maybe some people are listening now can relate, is, you know, you're at work and you, you can't do your boss because it's like all these great ideas. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Of course I can do that. To be a star performer, you don't want to say no. And you want to be, you know, receive all those accolades. And you just keep saying more and more. And then at home, you want to be an awesome parent. So you, you know, spend quality time with your kids and you're totally present. Them. And then after they go to bed, you go back to work and you finish up stuff that's, you know, or loose ends. You know, you want to have a, a one romantic, loving relationship with your partner. And so you devote time into, so you devote all this time into everybody else. And then you have nothing left for yourself. That's probably a bigger indication of feeling enough. And that's what I my life in uh, reviewing it has has pointed to me and that's where I help others kind of you know get a perspective where they can see that for themselves and come back and and even have a simple affirmation I am enough mm-hmm. you know even standing in something scary it has helped me so much and it sounded so crazy when I first heard this from a psychologist not too ago about just say I'm enough Put it on your mirror. Do whatever you have to take, or right before you go into a speaking engagement, that one up. It's like, oh, of course I'm enough. I am, you know, created perfect in you know our creator's image. And there's no doubt of every single one of us exactly what we need to do to be successful on this earth right now. Well, I have no we, doubt about that. We do have to put our own oxygen mask on first before we can really support and serve the people that we choose to both at work and at home. And of course, in the financial business, I always say, hey, let's all let's make sure we pay ourselves first. But why do women seem to just naturally put themselves last? You know, we're, we're caretakers. We're like, I think we're biologically designed to be caretakers. We are able to, we, you know, truly multitasking is not possible, but we have a lot of things in our mind at once and we're able to like to pick up and do and do and do. And so we have the whole vision in our head, what needs to be done. And we automatically just fill those gaps. Um, and then we're taught not to be selfish, you know? So, you know, both being caretakers and taught not to be selfish you know, those two go hand in hand in just overdoing and overdoing because there's always going to be more to be done than you physically and humanly have possible time for. Um, and so that's where choices and priorities come in and really being having good boundaries. So, I mean, to be a successful career woman and a mother and a lover to your spouse and yada, yada, everything else, boundaries are so important and just a clear definition of what success looks like for you. 
Right. You know, there are a lot of things that a woman who wants to have it all, because let's face it, we're given more permission now to have it all. Hmm. There's a lot that we need to work on, isn't there, in order to stay balanced and to stay healthy uh, and to stay happy. There's so much that we have to keep in our mind. When you're working with your clients, how do you help your how do you help women figure out you know what is the priority for them? You know, that's a really good question. And that's where I, I really go inside. So a person I mean, most people like to fill all of their time with all this external stuff, get external validation of their external validation. Like that person says, I'm doing good. I must be doing good. I'm getting an A on this report in school. You know, my boss gave me accolades. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make us happy. I mean, we can have joy in that moment for that. But what makes us happy is to be here doing what our unique talents and gifts that were given to us. Um, I, I'm a strong believer that we were each given unique talents and gifts by our creator and God, universe, however you want to define that. And when we express those talents, we have joy. So one of the indications you know it's a talent is I do this and it brings me joy. You know, we were not created to be miserable. We just weren't, you know, that's just cruel if we were to think that. So I think it's the gift to us to go inside and really identify and know ourselves about what brings us joy. Not to say that you don't ever have to do the stuff that doesn't bring you joy, but you should be filling your life with like majority, like 80% and maybe, you know, of the stuff that really like lights you up. And then there's always some administrative stuff or other stuff, cleaning your house, your bathroom that light you up, but just needs to be done. Well, you know, I, I would say that we can explore those parts of life that bring us joy or another way to say that would be our purpose a mm-hmm. purpose or a passion in life, we can explore that within the life we have, right? I oh, mean, absolutely. We, we, you know, many, um, I've had conversations with women who say, well, I just can't wait to get out of my corporate job so I can start a business, when in actuality, they may not actually uh, be the right temperament to start a business. And so, you know, we can find joy and find meaning and find the wealthy life within the current life we have. What would you say to that, that idea? Um, That's totally spot on. You know, you will take with you whatever you're struggling with in whatever corporate job or entrepreneurial pursuit, whatever you're struggling with, you're going to take with you no matter where you go until you deal with that. You know, we talked about those triggers and until you find and, you know, really dig into what is your and your passion. So, you know, whatever you find difficult in your corporate job that you hate, it's probably going to be very similar over on the entrepreneurial business, you know, and you and I both have we've gone through both. Um, it didn't get all rosy and sunshines when I left my corporate job to come and start my own business. It's different challenges, still amazingly challenged. And it's a way I believe there's just growth, each one, personal growth to go through so whether you you know corporate or you you own your own business they both have their blessings they both challenges it's just which one do you prefer exactly and i i think it is a lifelong pursuit right the journey never stops um and you know that's that's it's such a wonderful way to live a life is to continue to explore your own being 
your own capacity, your own abilities, learn more and more about yourself. We're going to continue our conversation after a break. And when we come back, I, I really am going to ask Kim about some of the tools that she is teaching in order to live a wealthy life for her. We'll be right back. Teresa Love Tennant encourages women to talk openly about money by providing virtual and live talking circles where members come together in a spirit of trust, respect, and mutual support. Reinventing Her Money also provides financial education, workshops, webinars, speaking events, and transformational experiences to companies and organizations. If your group would like Teresa Love Tennant to speak or facilitate a financial topic for your women's group, Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant and my guest, Kim French, career coach. And before we left on the break, we were talking about how women can work on themselves and learn how to become more of who they are meant to be by um, focusing on managing their emotions, learning more about their inner talents, and doing some uh, just introspective work on themselves. So I want to kind of go back just a little bit, Kim, uh, to talk about, you know, women and competing with each other in the workplace. Uh, Some people are naturally competitive in a positive way, right? That's what helps them uh, reach for more and be more productive. But um, if we were, uh, do you think it's realistic to expect women to be more supportive of each other in the workplace? Well, I definitely think it's you know realistic expectation for them to be more supportive of one another. I think um, that's definitely a learned behavior we talked about. Um, whether they stop competing with one another, that's another question. I think that's a yes and no. I mean, I think you could become aware where you're competing in an unhealthy way um, versus a healthy way because you know some people love to compete. They love to you know get in there and see if they can win. But be a good sportsman, you know, at the end of the game when, you know, somebody else wins or gets the promotion and they congratulate them. And then there's the competitor who just becomes bitter and they move down a path of, you know, um, a negativity and uh, strong emotions in that path. So I think, you know, that's where we go back to that self-awareness again. Um, what kind of competition are you into and what type are you promoting and how is it helping or hurting you? So what would you say to the woman who uh, complains about her boss or um, another coworker or someone, you know, that is maybe not even in, in her direct line, not even a supervisor, but someone else that she comes across at work. And so what would you say to the women about getting along with people better at work? You know, that's a good question. I think um, whenever we complain about something, it's usually thing that we're not willing to take action on, on solving for ourselves. So there's something out there that's bugging us and we're not willing to take action. So we complain about other people. Um, and that's where, you know, looking at that and saying, why am I complaining about her? And you know, you've probably read the four agreements. And if you haven't, it's Don Miguel Ruiz and the four agreements. And the one I love the most is um, 
don't anything personally or whatever somebody said about you is not about you, it's about the other person. So you only flip that around, whatever I say about somebody else, it's not about them, it's about me. And what can I do with that? I can come into the space and be more supportive. Because at the end of the day, I think um, women are starting to get the idea that, okay, I need to support, we need to support each other to break through this glass ceiling, through this barrier. You know, you gave all the statistics up front, which is was brilliant. You know, vice presidents, we're almost there. But when you get to the C-suite and um, the executive levels, there's a huge gap. And the only reason we're not there, I believe, is we have all these challenges that uh, we're trying to struggle and work on alone, and maybe with a male mentor, or maybe just um, within ourselves, when we can really like lift each other up and move into those places. So I think stop criticizing, stop um, uh, judging, stop, um, the word you used was, um, oh, it escapes me. But so if we can stop those, that behavior towards our, not just women, but you know, men too, it's not yeah. a healthy, healthy dynamic to have with anybody. If we can really look at that, it helps us to move forward in, in great leaps. Well, and of course, but there are times when there's a brick wall in front of us, maybe, you know, we do have a boss that is just uh, really difficult to work with. And we try a lot of things and aren't able to figure out how to work, work with that person. What, what would you say to the person who, who has that brick wall? You know, get a new boss. (laughs) (laughs) Although I I say that in joking, but when you get a new boss, um, the same brick wall is probably going to be, we've talked about this a little bit before, whatever you're struggling with in your current role is most likely going to carry over. It may not be your boss, it may be a coworker, it may be some other brick wall that's in your way. Um, but unless you like do something about that brick wall, it's going to keep showing up for you. Um, but getting a new boss, that is the way, and then working on the brick wall um, is the second way. So what would you tell a woman who is really working hard to uh, get a promotion, she's doing well, but she has this inner inner fear that if she gets that new job with that higher income, she'll be sacrificing her personal life and sacrificing her time with her family? That's a common fear. I mean, I had that fear for sure. And I still do even having my own business. Um, And I would say, you know, being clear with your boundaries and having a clear vision of the life you want to create is essential and a vision for all areas of your life, not just your career, but the vision for your family life, the vision for um, your personal like relationships. Um, And then there are plenty of role models that show us that it can be done. You know, a couple that come to mind, you know, Michelle Obama, hugely respect some of the work that she's doing out in the world. And she was a, a first lady you know, for eight years with two young kids. Um, and then Brene Brown is also another one who just speaks so much about vulnerability. And, you know, she's, she's, her platform has raised from just being a college professor and researcher to this like mega sensation of, you know, the vulnerability and um, that movement of being more of our core authentic selves. Um, and she's got children, you know, grown children now, they're older, they're teenagers. But, you know, still, they're, um, they're living, having a career, and they're living an interesting life, and they're being awesome parents. 
as far as I could tell you, anyway, I, I, I could be wrong about them being awesome parents, but yeah. from what the outside world, you know, there are good role models for us to follow. It takes planning and it takes priorities and it takes um, intention. For, and it also takes communication, doesn't it? Communication to get buy-in with our family members. When I'm, um, now that I'm home working and um, my husband is around, I ask, I, I really set our schedule and I say, I'm going to be working from these hours, but then I'm going to have this time uh, set aside for you. And then I really do uh, as much as I can, you know, to, to stick to that. Now, one thing I want to make sure we get in before we move to the toolbox is you mentioned that having a support network at work is so critical for women. So how can women go about putting a support network together at their, at their job? I read an article recently about Obama's administration and the senior staffers who are women, um, Anita Hill and Susan Rice, they were having struggle feeling heard. And, you know, I, I was like flabbergasted when I read this article because it was like, here are these powerful women who have made it, you know, all the way to the senior levels. And they're still struggling feeling heard. And so what I thought that they did was just ingenious, and it was shared in this article, um, where, and they called it amplification. So whenever a woman would raise an idea at a meeting, the other women would parrot it or repeat it back and give credit to the woman. And in that way, um, other people in the room heard it coming from the true source versus someone else taking credit for it. And then that woman was amplified. And it, it was so successful that um, I understand that Obama you know, started recognizing it and speaking more to them, including them in more important meetings. And I just thought that was brilliant and something that every single you know, could do with colleagues and say, hey, let's let's promote each other in this way and help each other feel heard. Um, and, and then in addition, you know, just talking, like you mentioned communication earlier. Communication is a huge piece, just sharing with other women and being vulnerable about your own frustrations and you might feel, you know, the emotions are taking you over and how you can support one another. Going out to lunch with you know, your colleagues and having a frank conversation. Okay, we all have a similar thing here. How can we support one another with an amplification example as, you know, being one possible solution? And there's so much community out there with that women can solve this issue in their own communities, I know. Um, but then there's also WIN and WIT and other female, women organizations for professionals that are, would be really powerful to join that's already established. So if you if you need both, you know, setting up your own or going in and plugging into one that's already established, both are, you know, great options. So learning how to reach out to the women in your organization instead of turning your back on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All and sometimes, pretty. you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to do that because, you know, we're, we can be extroverts or introverts. And sometimes it's difficult to reach out to folks that may be intimidating, you know, other women who are higher up on the ladder. But, you know, these are some of the tools that when we do that, uh, then we, that's when we begin to, uh, to be in that, that sweet spot 
of being noticed, of starting to be asked for our uh, opinion. And mm -hmm. I, I truly appreciate you sharing that story about the Obama administration, because that really does show how women can, can come together and lift each other up uh, with, when, when they have the same ideas and when they are communicating. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take one more quick break so that when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how women are uh, can manage their their um, uh, nervous systems and their uh, fear about the future, not only at this time, but, you know, when they're back at work. So in just a moment, we'll be back to a wealthy life for her. Thank you for listening. Teresa Lieutenant believes that women deserve to reinvent their financial lives from avoidance and confusion to clarity and commitment by creating a wealthy money mindset and informed financial planning skill set. Without an understanding of their early money programming, women will continue to create the same unwanted financial circumstances. If you truly want to change your relationship and results with money, you must face what you really think and feel about money and transform it. Ready to change your mind about money? Visit reinventinghermoney.com to schedule a chat with Teresa. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back. This is Teresa Leftenant with A Wealthy Life for Her and my guest, Kim French. And we've been talking about how women can get promoted at work and have more influence and uh, begin to achieve higher levels of income that um, are needed to create her wealthy life. So Kim, we've talked about your coaching uh, other women, your professional women, and one of the things that you teach your clients are some specific tools that help them become more self-aware, help them become more outgoing at work, and to manage some of their emotions and their uh, relationships at work. So what are some of the tools that you teach your clients? Well, there's quite a few, and I'm a strong, you know, proponent that our subconscious is holding all of this information that is kind of in our blind spot, and so we don't know what we don't know. So a lot of mine that I've, I've focused on is, uh, you know, tapping on, you know, certain <clears throat> points to kind of calm your nervous system, even when you don't know what the true problem is. So there's a couple of, of simple tips that require consultation, and there's some that you can do by yourself. A um, couple that you, you know, can go to a practitioner for, you know, NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. That one is really helpful. In addition, Rano or Coach uh, Chirita, and I just, this has been such a life-changing one for me. REN stands for Regenerating Images Memory, and it helps us to go back and highlight you know, where some of those memories that are disturbing are caught up and creating a blind spot for us, and we go and reimagine um, in a different and release it. So those are two really powerful ones but that people can do on their own. Um, one of them is called EFT tapping and it's emotional freedom technique. And if you YouTube it, it's tons of instructional videos on how to do it. A man um, from the 70s, psychotherapist, developed um, a way to treat phobias and found it was so successful that, you know, it's just become a world phenomenon now, but you tap on acupressure, 
while thinking about your problem or you don't even have to, or you just, you know, are doing some affirmations and it helps calm your nervous system down. It was designed for that and they've had studies on it. It actually works really well. Um, and then the other thing that I, I love, uh, I just recently learned is called the peace process where, you know, you might feel an ache or pain in your body. It might be an emotional sensation and you can go inside and um, just really focus on that pain and send love to it. I mean, I've seen, I've, I've experienced it myself where I've, I've shifted some of like a headache or uh, pain in my side um, by just going inside of it and sending love. So those are, you know, two simple ways people can do it on their own. Um, they sound a little silly, but if it's effective, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's amazing how many uh, resources there are out in the world now to help us solve um, both our our internal issues or challenges and our external uh, challenges as well. So, you know, meditation is well known, but there's, there's so many applications and websites and professionals mm -hmm. and experts. I just encourage people to, you know, to, to find what works for them. Absolutely. Um, you know, I know you have put together this great system for your clients. What do you call it? Rock it. Rock it. Do you I want to spend a number of, of music? And so rock music, <laughs> anything that has a beat I can dance to, it kind of speaks to me. So it stands for um, the R is for relationships, the O is for opportunities, C is for confidence, uh, N is for knowing yourself, I is for integrity, and T is for fullness. So within those six components, there is, you know, really not promoted, but all of you know the goals we have in life are benefited by those six areas. And, and so, give us just an example of how you know one of those elements of your rocket system could really transform uh, the effectiveness that one of your clients could have at work. Sure. Um, you know, I think everyone knows how important relationships are and the mentoring. We've talked a lot about that. I'm going to go straight to the T because. When I teach people thankfulness and in all circumstances, right, you know, thanking whatever pain has shown up, whatever, you know, you've learned in the past, thanking the, the difficult boss that you're dealing with right now in your mind, you don't have to thank them in person. Um, but when you get in a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness for everything that shows up and, and use it as a learning, things begin to shift. Um, so that is probably the biggest transformational one that I see in people is when they've gone from hating or being frustrated and resisting when they can let go of some of that and just be thankful and find gift in whatever is happening in any moment. COVID-19, if there, there's a gift and that's going to be, you know, not everyone's going to believe that, but there's a gift and um, find the, the gratitude in that it can shift our whole perspective on our success in life. Well, of course, there's a lot of research out there about how, um, you know, different emotions have different energy flows in our bodies. And when you're talking about feeling frustrated or angry, those are, you know, lower feeling emotions. We don't like the feeling of those emo emotions. But when we get into um, feeling positive or um, that there's an opportunity, then, then, uh, you know, then we feel better about ourselves, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the one emotion that can help us shift is gratitude, right? I mean, that's, I don't mean emotion, the one action that can help us shift from feeling bad about things to feeling more optimistic and positive about things is to have gratitude. Absolutely. And just one quick example. I had one client who he was having all this friction with all these people at work, you know, his boss and coworkers and there's all this, you know, he viewed himself as arrogant and, you know, just know it all. And he felt that was what was holding him back and do one thing of, of gratitude and, and he practiced it at home and he practiced it with all the people who's having difficulty at work. And he has busted through all, you know, his limitations that he felt he had because he thought he was arrogant. And he has like tripled, quadrupled his income impact as into a whole new career because it just opened up something for him. He, he started operating at that higher vibrational level like you were talking about and and put away the old stories. So that's just one beautiful example I have from my clients that um, just was such a beauty to see. Well, gratitude, when you begin to be grateful for your coworkers and grateful that you have a job and grateful that your boss is there to um, help you uh, learn and produce, then that helps your relationships, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It also can help your confidence level, give you new opportunities. It's almost like that part, the thankfulness in your rocket system is the linchpin of everything. It is. I put it last. I, I want to move it first, but you know, I don't know how to spell, you know, rocket with a T at the beginning. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works, right? It, it, they all flow together. They do. So um, we're about to the end of the show, but I do want to give you one last thought for our listeners, what you'd like to leave with everybody today, Kim. You know, I have a mantra that everyone just wants to be loved for far. And so the last piece of advice to anybody listening is be true to yourself. Take the time to know yourself and know what trigger you or what brings you joy and be your own best friend. It's not self-centered. It's not anything negative. It's, it's your self-awareness and loving yourself for your talents and your inner superpowers makes life easier. It certainly does. And, and I, I think that there are a lot of women who are on the self awareness journey already, but we, we come up against these leveling off points or these times when we feel blocked. So that's when I think you can come into assistance for folks because you work with women who who are in corporations and they're feeling blocked in some way. They aren't finding their job fulfilling. They don't know what direction they're supposed to go to learn more, be more, have more. They aren't feeling that sense of reward or contribution. And you're the guide to help a woman know herself so that her work life is easier, her home life is easier, and that way her whole career and and everything moves forward in a wealthy life sort of way. Absolutely. Amen. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I was able to uh, tie that up in a nice little bow. So thank you, Kim, for sharing all this valuable wisdom with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. And if you want to learn more about Kim's private coaching, you can visit her website at KimberlyKFrench.com. And I'm sure you have a chat feature so that they can get in touch with you there. And for any of you who would like to chat about putting together a, a financial 
uh, spending plan for these uh, unfortunate times, you can visit my website, which is reinventinghermoney.com and see my contact information there. So thank you for listening and being a part of our Wealthy Life for Her community. I know there's many rare that you have to choose from, and I'm always really grateful when you spend time with us. And if you enjoyed yourself today, please share the show with your friends and family. I do want to thank my stepdaughter, Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who wrote our theme music. And next week, our guest will be Michelle Kaplan owner of Burst and Flourish, and author of the book, And, A Love Story Within. Michelle will be talking about how her poetry helped her navigate through the ups and downs of being a single mother and vice president of a manufacturing company. There's many more enlightening conversations coming in the weeks ahead on a wealthy life for her. So I look forward to being with you then, Remember that financial independence is your birthright. With the right education, empowerment, and the right financial advice, you can overcome your financial challenges and create a wealthy life on your terms. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue and capitalize on their next chapter available on amazon she is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life learn more at reinventing her